Hi, I'm Carrie Kimmel, and you're listening to Rocket Night. Hi, this is Anita with Rock at Night, and yes, she rocks. And we're talking today to Carrie Kimmel. She is a voice that you have definitely heard before, and you've definitely heard her songs before, as they've been featured in 650 film and television shows, uh, World War Z, The Walking Dead, Pitch Perfect 1 and 2, Dream Girls, Footloose, Wally, The Office, just to name a few. Um, Carrie's also written or sung 18 theme songs, including The Fosters. Um, her compositions have been covered by um, some fantastic artists, and most of my favorites, actually, The Backstreet Boys, Kesha, Joe Jonas, Demi Lovato, Gloria Gaynor, and many more. And Carrie's also sung background for some incredible artists, uh, Ringo Starr, Bruce Springsteen, Dave Grohl, John Mayer, Alicia Keys, John Legend, Stevie Wonder, Farrell, Toby Keith, and Willie Nelson, just to name a few. So, Carrie, thank you for joining us here at Rocket Night. Yeah, thanks for having me. And um, you, you made quite a sojourn at a very young age from Boca Raton, Florida, all the way to L.A. And there's plenty of other locales where you probably could have gotten involved in the music scene, um, Nashville or Orlando. Why did you choose L.A. specifically? Well, I always wanted to go to L.A., and I actually did make a stop in between Florida and L.A. to Nashville, so I was in Nashville for a little while, um, but it really, you know, L.A. was really where I needed to be for the kind of music that I did, and um, when I was, actually, when I was in high school, my mom, I told her I wanted to go to L.A., and she pulled out a map, and she (laughs) cut it down in half, the United States in half, and she said, you can't go on this side, you can only go on this side, so I basically was looking at places in North Dakota, like right up against the line, <laughs> but I really wanted to go to L.A., so um, I went to Nashville first to kind of like, you know, just ease it in a little bit, and then I wound up in L.A. So what kind of artists did you listen to as a child? What, what were the, who were the artists that really got you com- completely immersed in music and knowing that you wanted to do that? Yeah, I mean... I think I listened to a lot of the same music that my mom listened to, and she listened to a lot of Carole King and Elton John, and I became just uh, huge fans of that music, Stevie Wonder, lots of Motown. Um, so I think I've always been into more kind of, you know, classic, like oldies, um, and that's definitely, you know, taken part in some of my songwriting as well. Um, but that's, that's definitely like where most of my musical influences come from. So when you started writing, about how old were you? My first song, I probably was around, I don't know, 13, 
something like that. My songs were wow. not really good back then, but <laughs> yeah, I would write. I would sit at the piano and I would just kind of come up with melodies and lyrics. And my first like official song that was, you know, a real song was probably around 13. Now, how many instruments do you play or what did you start on guitar or did you start on piano? I started on piano. Um, I took piano lessons when I was little. My mom made me, and I'm really glad that she did, even though I hated it when I was younger. Right. Um, um, But, yeah, I started on piano, and then I sort of taught myself guitar. I'm not a great guitar player, but I can, like, you know, kind of do the basics. Um, And those are pretty much the main instruments I play, mostly piano and then some guitar. Now, you have quite a few albums out. I'm actually at your website, which is com. and anybody listening, if you go to the website, you can get a free song. So you just sign up, and, yeah, they have that on your website right now. So um, how many albums total do you have? I think I have five or six full albums, and then I have a lot of singles that I've released, and then quite a few EPs as well. Um, I've kind of released them in conjunction with a lot of uh, film or TV placements. And so sometimes I kind of hold off and I release an entire album, but a lot of the times I have a song that is on a show or it's in a film and I really want to get it out, and so I just release it as a single at that point. Um, You do... Um, most of your wheeling and dealing when it comes to the music business. Um, you're known as an independent musician, so um, so you really have uh, the say-so on how your music is used and the conditions. And how, uh, how did you, what changed, I mean, people that go to L.A. normally think, okay, I've got to get good management, I've got to get a promoter. How did that become different for you? Well, I did start out with um, record deals and management and a publishing deal. So I, I started out, I had a record deal with Atlantic, then I signed a publishing deal with Chrysalis, then I signed another record deal with Virgin. Then um, kind of along the way, I had a couple different managers here and there. And so I definitely did take that route initially. Um, but, you know, after I was out of my record deal, I was basically dropped by Virgin. Um, and at that point, I was still in my publishing deal, and it didn't really make sense for me to stay in my publishing deal anymore. Um, so I was able to get out of that, and my manager and I were still on great terms, uh, but there really wasn't anything to manage anymore. So we, you know, kind of broke ties in, in management, and at that point, um, you know, I had a choice to either just quit <laughs> or to um, figure out how to do it on my own. And, you know, after a couple months of you know, being a little down and thinking maybe I'll take up like a completely different career, I realized that that wasn't an option for me, that music was in me, that I had to do music, that it was just, you know, it was a part of me that, you know, there was no way I could do anything else. And um, and I just started, you know, writing more songs, owning uh, a big thing, a big part of it for me was owning what I did 100% or, you know, most of what I did 100% whether that be the writing or the publishing or the master, all of it, and then being in control of what happened with those songs, you know, at least to the, to as much as I could be in control of. So I started meeting music supervisors and vice presidents and presidents of music networks and film companies and just really tried to get my music heard by as many people as possible in those, you know, in those positions um, 
And, you know, little by little, it started to pay off. And, you know, one relationship led to another to another. And so, you know, now, um, you know, it's been a lot of hard work, but I've definitely built those relationships over time. The music industry has changed quite a bit over the years. And I think, you know, back in the, back in the day, I can use that expression. Back in the day, it used to be someone would go to L.A. or New York and they'd become famous and they'd be heard on the radio, constant airplay. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, of course, as I said before, under management and recording studio and all of that. Now being independent is kind of sought after. And one of the things that I've noticed is that there are very few women that are independent. That's That number's increasing, but there's so many more guys that are independent musicians and are successful at it. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way that have helped you? Um, and, and is there anybody that you've looked at that's an independent female artist that you've kind of been molded by or maybe influenced by? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I'm not sure that that I've there have been any um, you know independent musicians necessarily. There have been female musicians that have definitely done their own thing and have stayed true to you know themselves as a writer, as a producer, or you know uh, as a singer. Um, I mean, one person that comes to mind is Sia, who I greatly respect, and, you know, she's written so many songs for so many artists, and she's an artist herself, and she's done it her own way, you know. Um, One thing that I – she's obviously been in bands, and she's been doing this for a while, but as far as her solo project, I mean, I didn't really know about her until a few years ago um, as a solo artist. Um, But as far as, you know – women who have been doing this independently and really representing themselves, I don't know of a whole lot. Um, and I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but I'm not sure that, that I've really been, um, you know, modeling, like, what I do after anyone specific. It was more just a I'm very, um, you know, I, I kind of do things my own way, and, and I like to kind of decide whether I'm going to, you know, have success or fail. And if I do fail, then I kind of want to just be able to say, well, I tried and I did everything that I could and it was in my hands and I failed. And so, oh, well, but also the same goes for the success. And and it takes a certain amount of dedication too. I mean, to, to fail and then get right back up again and, and maybe do it a different way. One, one that will actually be the, the formula that will work. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the older female artists that I love that's been independent for a really long time, and she got really angry at the music industry trying to own her stuff was Annie DeFranco. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard of her, but yeah, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, but she's one of the ones that said, "No, you guys aren't going to tell me how to do this. I'm going to do it on my own." And right. of course, we know she's been successful, you know, ever since. True. So very true. Yeah, yeah. That's so. A good one. Yeah, your album, Golden Glitter, the latest album, is dropping on May 25th. Um, Can you tell um, the listeners a little bit about the album and um, the creativity that surrounded this and what makes it different from your other uh, albums? Um, Yeah, so every time I release a full album, 
every album is a little bit different from the ones that I released before. So there are different, I mean, one of the things about being independent is that I can do kind of whatever I want genre-wise and song-wise. And, you know, my first album that I released was a little bit more pop country, and the second album was a little more singer-songwriter, and the third one was more um, kind of, you know, more uh, dance pop. And then mm-hmm. I did an album that was more rootsy, um, it was definitely darker, my darkest <laughs> album probably. And this one is like a pop electronica album that uh, really I, I think the way that it started was I had written a song that I loved and I thought, I think I'm going to do an album based around this song. <laughs> and, um, right. and that song was Golden Glitter. And so I, I just loved, I loved the, the fun aspect of it and the electronica elements and um, really this album just came about because I really just loved one song and wanted to create an album around it which is exactly what happened with my last album Black. I had recorded the song Black. It became the, the trailer for The Walking Dead and at that, t- at that point I thought I really love this. I'm going to do an entire album around this one song. Which so, so I guess both albums pretty much started the same way, but they're completely different genre-wise. So it's kind of almost fair to say that each of these albums has a theme that connects to the, connects to the title song. So Yeah, yeah, they're all definitely, um, they have elements that, that make them work as one cohesive album. Hmm, interesting. I could, well, I've heard a couple of the cuts off of it, and it sounds really, really good. I can hardly wait till it drops. So um, oh, the you. other, yeah, I was going to uh, ask you about what about the process of the recording, because that seems to be probably the most difficult part of getting an album down is the recording part. What, a part, what yeah. about that process? What's, what is your favorite part of that process? And what's, what's the part you like the least? <laughs> well, um, I, I think there's part, the whole process, there are parts of it that I really enjoy. I love coming up with an idea that, um, that you know, is exciting to me. Um, you know, I can kind of, I get really bored of things very quickly. So if I'm, if I'm working on a song idea and it's something that I'm just not, you know, really able to kind of follow through within like 15 minutes, I pretty much just quit. <laughs> so most of my songs are written really quickly or they, they're never written at all. You know? So I'll start ideas mm-hmm. and then, then I'll either just, you know, finish them right away because I love them so much or I'll abandon them completely and they'll just be little starts of ideas that never see the light of day. Um, and uh, so I love the creating part. I think lyrics are probably – I love when they come together, but they're probably more difficult than the rest of the process. Um, lyrics usually come really quickly to me in the beginning, and then when I get to, like, you know, verse two <laughs> and the bridge, right. I'm like, oh, and now I have to really think so, um, you know, so that it actually makes a little bit of sense. But, um, but uh, you know, I think I, think I love – hearing when it, com- when it all comes together. You know, there's a lot of um, production tweaks that have to be made, and so um, my co-producer and I will go back and forth and back and forth and, and change a lot of things. And, um, and, and each song to me is almost like a baby in a way. I have to – it really 
affects me if it's not right. You know, I can't just right. go, oh, I'll fix it later. Like, I have to fix it now, <laughs> you know, until it's right and until I really can stand 100% behind it and say, this is my creation and I love it. And um, so, you know, I, I do enjoy most, of, most aspects of the recording process and the writing process and even singing the vocals. Um, you know, I always have to be in the right headspace in order to sing the vocals, um, which I usually am. But every now and then, if I'm just not feeling it, I'll walk away and I'll come back when I am, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I, I do enjoy most of the process. <laughs> the funniest thing is that a lot of the people that we talk to at Rocket at Rocket Night, they write the lyrics first and then they do the music that goes to it. Oh, so, wow. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, so each person's creative process is a little different you know now you're repping you're repping bands uh 200 bands it says um Mm -hmm. here so tell me a little bit about that what is it that you are helping them with and and what do you want to teach them specifically that they might not know about well the bands that i rep are for specifically for film and TV placement so over the years i've um you know like i said before i've been i've been Forming these relationships with music supervisors and um, and uh, you know VPs and presidents of music at different companies and uh, trailer houses and ad agencies and I've you know I've I started receiving requests from them um, for things that I didn't have so whether it was like hip hop or boy band obviously I wasn't going to have that kind of music and at the same time there were bands that were reaching out to me asking who placed my music and I said well most of my placements come from me. And um, so they asked if I would rep them for film and TV, which was very strange to me. It was never anything that I thought I would do, but it just made sense. And so I, you know, because I was receiving these requests from Music Soup and I was having bands ask me if I would rep them. So um, it just made sense to kind of like marry the two. And um, I slowly started taking on bands. And that's grown over the last three years to around 200 bands. Um, and so now I wrap them for film and TV placement. And I've been getting them a bunch of placements and different shows and films and trailers and promos. So it's, it's gone really well. <laughs> wow. So you have pretty much a self-made career uh, that yes. you might not have had if you had gone anywhere else, like if you had chosen Nashville or New York, it might have been harder to get to get that happening, you know? So yeah. what what do you know? We're going to go to a couple personal questions. What do you do when you're not doing music? What's your fun thing? Well, I have two kids, and they keep me extremely busy. So if I'm not doing music, I'm pretty much doing something with them. <laughs> it doesn't really leave any room for anything outside of that, but um, I'm going to baseball games. I have a son who is eight, and so he has a lot of baseball games, and he has, um, you know, his kind of, the, the stuff that he does and that he loves to do, and then I have a two-year-old daughter, and she doesn't really do anything yet. She just basically follows her brother around, but um, my day is filled with either singing, writing, pitching songs, or playing with my kids. <laughs> so are either of them musically inclined, do you think? I think so. My son has 
a really great voice. Like his pitch is incredible. Um, he'll sing things back to me. I'll sing him a line. He'll sing it back to me, and his pitch is perfect. Um, my daughter, she's two, so I can't tell if she just can't sing yet or if she's tone deaf or if she <laughs> just needs to right. grow up a little bit. <laughs> um, she loves to dance and she loves listening to music. I give her um, headphones and put the music on low, and she'll just sit there and dance, and, and she, she loves music. But my son is the one who he is just such a great voice and I hope he does something with it, but he's really into like video games and computer games now. So we'll see. Yeah. That's, that's kind of typical for that age, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so where, now here's a good question. Where, where do you see yourself in about five years? I see myself doing exactly what I'm doing now, hopefully doing more of it, doing, taking on more shows, um, one of the things that has been really fun is um, I, I've been working on some kids shows, and one of the shows I'm, I'm doing a lot of the music in the show, and so that's been a lot of fun. Um, kind of, you know, I love being able to do so many different types of music. So kids music, you know, dark, creepy trailers, you know, everything, mm-hmm. um, pop music. So um, I just really, I love what I do. I don't really see a whole lot changing I just hope that I can still do what I'm doing in five years and do even more of it and have even more people hear what I'm doing and you've been able to do this which is kind of incredible without developing a um, a public persona you know where you're not in you're not like the Instagram person or people aren't talking about you or in other words your reputation is out there as a musician and nothing else which is really good um, yeah, and and that's probably really hard to do in LA because if you're in the entertainment business, it seems like if you're in LA, it becomes a very small town. <laughs> you know. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I'm definitely a pretty private person, and I like to keep my life as you know kind of contained as possible. And so you know, I put out there what I can, and um, you know, I'm always trying to like push myself to put a little bit more out there. But in reality, I'm like such a private person, and I love I love my life the way that it is. I love being able to create music and be that kind of almost behind the scenes person. I know a lot of people you know, they, they hear a song of mine and then they're trying to figure out, you know, who I am. And, and that's fun and I love that. But, you know, I've never really been into touring or, you know, being that type of an artist. I, I love being an artist kind of on my terms, you know. <laughs> right. Now, um, tell people how, how they can find you online. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter, um, my website, um, if you sign up for a song, then I send out little newsletters, um, just kind of, you know, saying what's going on, you know, at that time and, you know, songs that are in shows or sometimes I just send out like a new song that only the people that are on my mailing list will get. Um, and you, if you sign up at CarrieKimmel.com, then, and you put your email in then you're automatically, um, added to that list. And um, where else am I? I guess I'm on all the main social media. <laughs> well, it um, looks like Bandcamp, iTunes, yeah, YouTube, okay. SoundCloud, um, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, which Spotify. is pretty, yeah, yeah it's pretty normal yeah. for most, most musicians to be on those. Um, yeah. But um, thank you for talking to Rocket Night. It was a pleasure. And um, 
what if you could give any short advice to musicians that are out there trying to make it, what would you say? I would say be the best that you possibly can be at what you do because there are so many people trying to do the, exactly what you're trying to do. And, you know, be dedicated, work really, really hard, and just try to create the absolute best music product that you can. Thank you so much, Carrie Kimmel, and um, thanks to everybody listening. You can check Carrie Kimmel out at her website, CarrieKimmel.com, and be sure to sign up. Um, and thank you so much. Have thanks a good day, Carrie. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks.